Welcome to the Palace Perspective, podcast that brings you conversations and professional analysis on the topics and trends affecting your everyday financial life. The Palace Perspective is brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a comprehensive wealth management firm with locations in the Northeast, specializing in financial and estate planning solutions, investment management strategies, and family office services for high net worth families across the country. Welcome to another edition of Palace Capital Advisors webcast series. I'm Rich Mullen, one of the managing partners here at Palace. I'm joined today by Mark Bogar, our chief investment officer, and Steve Kylander, our senior portfolio manager here at Palace. As we record this webcast in early October, both stock and bond markets have retreated over the past month on the backs of hawkish Federal Reserve commentary, rising interest rates, and ongoing inflation concerns driven by higher energy prices, particularly in Europe. And we're going to discuss these topics and address questions that are top of mind for our clients. So let's just get started right away. September was one of the worst months uh, for financial performance since the onset of the COVID pandemic in March of 2020. And then for the first four days of October, first few days, I should say, we saw a sharp rebound. What's going on? Mark, you want to kick us off here? Kick off. It's the Fed, right? Simple answer is the Fed. The inflation has been running rampant throughout the economy over the last year or two. We actually had some positive inflation data on that front. It looked like it was cooling back in July, and markets rallied on that fact. But then as the data continued to come in, it came in hotter than expected. And then the Fed had some talking points in September, raised another 75 basis points, very explicitly talked about stamping out inflation and being very stern about it and actually breaking the backs of demand, saying there's going to have to be some pain in the economy. And that led financial markets to reevaluate that the base rates where they thought the Fed was going to go is not going to be even higher than expected. That has the impact of driving down bond prices and down stock prices. And that's been the primary driver here over the first uh, or last 30 days, for sure. Yeah, it's been a strange time, for sure, with the bond market perfectly correlated with the equity markets Mm -hmm. and uh, retreating uh, simultaneously. Steve, do you have anything to add to that? What are your thoughts here? It's kind of crazy... uh month in September. Sure. And I I think the volatility is really coming out because, you know, the expectation for higher rates has now, you know, been embedded in the markets to a large degree. And yet there's a history of the Fed pivoting. It's taken place before and everybody's looking for that next piece of data that might suggest that, you know, the hawkishness and the policy might have already be embedded or the peak may be embedded in it. And, you know, we saw that this week, you know, there was a data point that came out that job openings actually was down down by a million and markets uh, popped up. You know, we saw the 10 year, you know, pull back from highs and uh, markets markets rallied on that, both in the bond market and the and the equity markets. Then uh, another data point came out and, you know, ADP data said that, uh, you know, more jobs uh, were created than, you know, were expected to be filled. And, uh markets went the other direction. So it's, yeah. we're very much in a, in a period right now that, you know, bad news is good news and good news is bad news because it's really dictated by, you know, the expectations of whether inflation is going to be, you know, defeated and the Fed may pull off, uh, you know, pull off on their hawkish policy. You know, those data points are interesting. It, what, you know, people have to keep in mind, too, that the Fed's reacting to data that's really, you know, backward looking, right, and not forward looking. And we've seen anecdotally some indications so on the front page of the um, uh, B section of the journal, 
that um, shipping was start shipping lanes were starting to be canceled or or you know kind of cut back and and this is obviously in response to lower demand and and things like that that don't those type of things don't show up immediately in backward looking data so I think the ensuing data points are going to be really critical here to try and gauge where the the Fed's going to take that terminal rate and. Uh, I think that we're probably at this point um, seeing some signs of that slowing. So hopefully these data points will kind of cool off a little bit and we'll get the, um, the Fed uh, to kind of look forward and maybe perhaps contemplate uh, where that rate will end up. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, um, with the bond market and the stock market perfectly correlated. Mm. You know, we circulated a chart here that, that showed how um, unusual that is going back over 50, 60 years in the, in the capital markets. How do you position portfolios in this type of a market? What are we looking at um, here, Mark? Yeah, so it's very unusual period, as you noted, that to see the bond market fall, if you define it as a 20-year treasury, almost as much as the stock market is, is kind of shocking, right? And it's a function of those rates going up. So what are we doing to protect client capital in this environment? Certainly on the fixed income side, we've been in the shorter maturity, shorter duration part of the yield curve. So that means, you know, buy bonds uh, six months to two, three years out. It's yielding um, over 4%. We see one-year treasury yielding over 4%. That's unusual. So if you can get a guaranteed 4% in the treasury bond market, that's a great yield for clients and, you know, better than our capital markets assumptions, actually, for fixed income. So we want to be high quality at the margin. We've been shifting the portfolios even more high quality than they were before. We're also still uh, big believers in private markets, so private markets can provide some cushion on that volatility. We've seen that this year with private markets doing a little bit better. And on the equity side, we're continuing to focus on high quality. So quality as a factor has performed poorly this year. So with interest rates rising, those higher valued quality companies have taken a step back. But we think in the long run, that's kind of positioning companies that can get through any downturn have strong competitive positions usually get better through downturns. So those are the names that you want to be in through this downturn, and you'll come out much better on the other side. Yeah. You want to add anything to that, Steve, on uh, yeah, some I, of the things we look at? It's it's also it's changed as the years progressed. You know, at the beginning of the year, the most pressure was on, on the growth stocks or, you know, because of valuation. Valuations were at the highest levels there based upon the, uh, you know, coming out of a regime of low interest rates. And we've actually seen a reversal now, and, you know, those, those stocks that, you know, corrected the most on that basis now are probably where you want to be positioned for the longer term. The valuations are more reasonable, but if one looks forward and we do have inflation and, and rates start to taper off, the way to get a return is to have the companies that have the ability to grow themselves out of this scenario. So we've... Um, you know, I, I think that's actually a promising change in leadership that we're seeing and probably may perhaps is suggestive of we're getting closer to the end of this correction than, you know, than, you know, than we were even just a few months ago. Yeah, I think you're right. And people have to keep in mind, too, that the market's the ultimate discounter, right? It's looking out some 6 to 18 months in some instances. So I think that the market's uh, near-term reaction here probably was under the expectation that there was maybe another 75, um, you know, on the next meeting, basis point hike, that is. And perhaps beyond. And then when you get these kind of cross currents and these mixed data points and stuff, I think that's uh, an indication that the market's starting to try and figure out, you know, we probably are closer to the end than the beginning of the of the cycle. And then what I've been talking to folks about is 
I think in the next two to three months, it's going to become evident that we are currently in a recession and entering uh, probably a, a little bit more severe patch or a portion of it. And, you know, when that type of pain is felt more directly on Main Street, those are the types of conversations that people have about, you know, how we got to get out of the market, we got to, and it's exact opposite, right? Now the market, the pain's going to be felt and the market will already be discounting the recovery and start, start on its way up. So positioning yourself with quality, like we've talked about and taking the kind of steps we have right now, now's the time for patience and to stick with your disciplines on investing. And I think we'll all be rewarded for it. Yeah, we always like the quote from Warren Buffett, you know, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So I think that's leading right in the kind of environment that you're talking about is that the fear is going to be out there. Consumer sentiment is already very negative. Uh, but that's typically the time that's starting to form a bottom. And we may not be all absolutely there yet, but we're, we're getting close. And uh, that should set up for the next 18 to 24 months for sure. Yeah. Also, you know, you guys have been around the markets long enough. We have an election coming up in uh, November. And historically, um, that's provided a little bit of clarity here. And, mm -hmm. and uh, we've seen some positive reaction typically in the markets post-elections, you know. Right. So no matter, um, you know, who gets into office, it's the removal of the unknown, I think, and, and the clarity that the market kind of responds to. So that's just around the corner, yeah, probably another helpful. month or so. So something else that will be, um, you know, kind of th something to think about. It's interesting, too, though, I, strange times. So you, during an election you have all the politicians running around that are campaigning, talking about creating jobs, and the Fed's trying to eliminate jobs. <laughs> so um, there's those tugs and pushes and pulls that are going on that create some of these distortions that we've seen so much of over the last two years. Absolutely. Um, Steve, do you want to add anything to that before we wrap things up? No, I, th I think we've kind of covered it. If I think of the uh, the Warren Buffett adage, I mean, I guess he also would sort of say it's not a time to speculate either. That's true. So it's time to, uh, you know, double down on on quality companies, companies that uh, that are profitable, can generate you know, strong and growing earnings and cash flow, and you know, that should play out uh, favorably over, over the next period of time. Sure. You know, the, and you brought up, Mark, just made me think, Steve, when you said that, uh, you know, the bond market and the distortions that are there, we've been dealing now with an inverted yield curve for quite a while. Hmm. And, um, you know, to think that the 30-year Treasury is yielding lower than the 10-year Treasury um, is a strange environment. And I've, I've heard it said before that, um, you know, not every inverted yield curve has produced a recession, but every recession had an inverted yield curve. So I'm of the mindset that we're in one right now and probably will get a little bit worse. But now's the time to be patient, as we said, and disciplined. So, well, thanks very much, guys. In summary, uh, we expect the volatility to continue, but believe uh, the cause of the volatility will eventually abate here and present some attractive investment opportunities, which we're positioning the portfolios for now. Palace Capital will continue to focus on quality long-run investments, including private markets, to help our clients achieve their goals. And as ever, be vigilant stewards of your capital. Thanks for joining us, and keep your eye out for further podcasts and webcasts from the Palace Capital team. Thank you. Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You should consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances. These materials are provided for general informational and educational purposes based on publicly available information from sources that are believed to be reliable. PCA cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information contained herein is for informational purposes only. 
It's not personalized investment advice and should not be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any particular security, sector, or strategy to any individual person or entity. Investment advice offered through Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor.